somebody knows that he's more than enough. The woman that had a mic, it, it was about, I can't even tell you how big, let's just say it's like faith, the size of a mustard seed, that God took the little bit that she had and multiplied it, that not only did it feed her and her dying son, she just shaped it and molded it into what we would call today dope. But it never stopped until she met all of her needs. Fed her, fed her son. She didn't ask God why. She was just obedient and did what God asked. And then the woman with the, with the might, she gave all that she had. Maybe you didn't catch that. We're not at the tithes and offering period, but maybe you can think about it before we get there. She gave all that she had, her time, her talent, and her tenth. And then she said, God, you've been so good to me. I'm gonna give you an offering on top of that. He's more than enough. The Bible says that he will supply all, not some, all of your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you now. Lord, we thank you for one more opportunity to worship you, to be in this holy place, to be with saints and believers of like faith. Father, your word declares that we should not forsake the assembly of believers and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Father, we know that you are an omnipresent God. You're here, you're online, you're in our hearts and the minds of your people. And because your spirit reaches all, we know right now that it's moving in homes, it's moving in cars, it's moving in office spaces, it's moving in cubicles, it's moving on the highways. Your spirit is moving right now. And Father, let your spirit do what your spirit does. Let it have liberty. Let the people be free today, Lord God. And Father, I stand now in this sacred place, Lord, asking that you will remove all of me and fill me now with your Holy Spirit. I need to hear from you, Lord God, just as your people do need to hear from you. And so, Father, we pray now that you will open up our spiritual ears, that we will hear what heaven has to say. Let us tune in to heaven's frequency. And Father, open up our spiritual eyes, that when we see the text, that it will be clear to us, that it will give us 20-20 vision, and that we can leave this place knowing that we felt your presence. Father, we thank you for what you've already done and what you will do now. We're praying for the sinner. We're praying for the saint. But most of all, Lord God, we just came to give you praise, to give you glory. We thank you and we love you. Now let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart,
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the saints of God said, Amen. Amen and amen. How is everybody? I got one person that feels good. I know he woke you up this morning. <laughs> I know he started you on your way. I know he gave you the activity of your limbs to praise him. Does anybody need a word today? Amen. If you would, join me now in the epistle of James, chapter 3. Thank you. Thank you so much. Y'all going to catch that in a minute when you hear my title. I know it's nothing but the devil, but you... But you're going to laugh and you're going to shout when I give you the title. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. You know I'm old school, so I'm going to read the old school translation, which is the King James Version. This is the recorded word of James. In your spare time, go back and read the first three chapters, and it'll tie all of this together. When you have it, say amen. amen. And those of you that are joining us online, thank you so much. We feel your presence. We thank God for you tuning in with us. And on behalf of our pastor, we give you a shout out. We give you pieces because we love you with the love of God. We know that you could have tuned in to a lot of other places, but we thank God you're tuning in to RCF. This is God's recorded word. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things, Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. I'm going to read that one again. Even so the tongue is a little member. It's a small little muscle in your body. And boasteth great things, but it has power, it has punch. Boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. Woo! It's hot. A world of iniquity. That's sin. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. 
and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of the things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Before you take your seats, I got one question to ask you. Won't he do it? Take your seats in the presence of the Lord. But that's not our title for today. We've been hanging out there for a long time. And just like seasons change, sermons change as well. For the time we have together this morning, and now you're going to see the correlation, the title of today's sermon is Mic Up. Mic Up. Okay, you're not feeling that because you really don't know what it means. How many football uh, fans do we have in the congregation today? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear those Bronco fans out there. I, I know, I know preseason was last night. I know the Broncos won. But I'm not a Bronco fan. I got a confession. I'm a Saints fan. And my Saints lost last night. But it doesn't matter if you was watching the Saints preseason game or the Broncos preseason game. They have a section before the game starts with the player that's mic'd up. The player that's mic'd up, he's the hype man. There's one on offense, there's one on defense, and they're getting the players in the mindset for the game that's at hand. It's literally firing them up in the trenches so that when the game starts, everybody's excited. And when I think about it, it reminds me of Sunday morning. The praise team comes up. The praise team is mic'd up. They begin to sing praises to God. And then you, the team, the congregation, you begin to feel the energy. You begin to see the excitement that the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. And so this morning, I wanted to share with you from the title, Mic'd Up. And if that was not good for you to correlate with our text, because I know I have some educators in here, and they might say that that text does not correlate with the text. So I got a title for you too. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. So here we go. Y'all ready? Let's take this journey together. Our epistle is James. James is the brother of Jesus the Christ. Now, when you do your research and study, what's really peculiar is that James is the brother of Jesus Christ, but he doesn't believe that he's the Savior until after he's resurrected. Let me say that again because it's deep. 
You're sitting in the house with somebody that's anointed, that's appointed by God, but you don't even know who they are. That was James. You got some anointed people sitting right out here in these pews that's just like Jesus, but we got some Jameses in the audience. We even got some James up here in the pew that don't even believe that you have gifts and talents for the glory of God. But I came to announce that God is moving in this place and the gifts and the talents are going to be edified and they are going to take place in this season that God is going to move. Revival is going to take place. Healing is going to take place. Salvation is going to take place. Those former things are gone, and now we're moving into the new. Paul said it like this. I press forward towards the mark of the high prize, which is in Christ Jesus. We're pressing on for the high prize, which is in Christ Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. Won't he do it? So James, the brother of Jesus the Christ, when you read this epistle, it's literally a letter. And what is good about it, if you are a new convert in the faith, you need to read the entire book of James. And the reason you need to read the entire book of James is because James gives you practical reasons and practical examples of Christian living. Let me press it to you. If you were to go on YouTube and you want to know how to put together a motor, you can YouTube it and type in in the search engine how to put together a motor. And you're going to get videos on how to assemble a motor. That's what James does in this epistle. He lays out in, this, in these chapters how you're supposed to live as Christians. What is unique about it is brothers and sister preachers, he doesn't mention salvation. He doesn't mention Jesus. For he already knows he's talking to the Jews for the most part, and they already know Christian doctrine. And so when we read this text today, now we as Gentiles, we are adopted into the family of God, and we read this text, and it literally is speaking to me, to you and to us. So James lays it out. In verses 1 and 2, he talks about the position of a master. That word master there in the Greek translation literally is teacher. Somebody say that, teacher. teacher. Not the master that was popping a whip and holding you back. Not that kind of master. He was talking about a teacher. He said that if you hold the position as a teacher, when judgment day comes, there's a higher standard that God is going to judge me and everybody that stands in this pulpit declaring the word of God because you are a teacher. So I don't take this for, for um, likelihood or light because God is going to judge me based upon what I am teaching and preaching to you. So today, he lays it out. 
James says, brother, sister, teacher, these people are preaching false doctrines. They're teaching false doctrines. Don't look now, but they're out there. They're standing on the corners. They're handing out tracts. They're on YouTube. They're uh, posting videos. And every whim of doctrine is coming out. So it is our job as teachers and preachers of the gospel to rightly divide the Word of God. The only way you're going to rightly divide the Word of God, you have to get in the Word. You got to eat it. You got to live it. You got to drink it. You got to sleep on it. Every day you find yourself in the Word of God. And then when you stand up before God, it's just like what you put in you, good food, healthy bodies, bad food, bad bodies. You put the word in you, good things are going to happen. You are what you eat and you are what you read. Read the word of God. So he says that none of us are perfect. The only person that was perfect was our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And he showed us, gave us the example, manifested. He, he not only was spirit, but he was also flesh. He came in the form of flesh from his heavenly father to remind us, to let us know that you too are an example or an extension of Jesus the Christ. Go back and read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It tells us that we were created in his image and in his likeness. And if we are created in his image and in his likeness, then we are light and we are the salt. And when you have light and you put it in a dark room, the light overpowers the darkness. If you are a cook and you have food, and I'm from the South, so I like mine spicy and I like it hot. But if I put a little salt on it, it adds flavor. So God says you are the flavor in the light when you walk in the room and when people hear you talk, taste and see how good the Lord is. Your words are like an appetite that when you finish your five-course meal, you finish it up with dessert. Now, I don't know about you, but there are some good desserts on the menus, and I have to watch myself because cheesecake is a weakness. Chocolate is a weakness. Lemon pie is a weakness. Berry Chantilly is a weakness. Tiramisu is a weakness. I got to watch it, but there's some good things in this word that remind me of dessert. And so in verse 3, he tells us this. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Now, when you read verses 3 and 4, it talks about controlling big objects with small things. The bit controls the horse's mouth. You pull on the rein, you can control the direction that the horse goes in. A ship has a rudder. As big as a ship is, a rudder controls its turns. If you have a ship that has a sail, as small as the sail is, when the wind blows, you begin to turn on the sail and it controls the direction of that ship. 
God says the tongue is just like that. It's the smallest muscle in your body, but it controls everything that comes in and out of you. As a matter of fact, it is the only muscle in the body that does not have skin as a layer. It doesn't have a protection. And that lets us know that if there's no protection on the tongue, like all the other muscles, then we got to protect. Come on, somebody. I know you, you got a computer. And in order for you to protect your, your programs, you have to get virus software. You, you, you might have McAfee. There's some other ones out there. But you have to protect the body of the computer from viruses. The same holds true with your mouth. And I'm going to give you some practical examples before we get out of here, how to control your mouth. Mission control for NASA, when there's a problem, they make the comment, NASA, we have a problem. Uh, so when we begin to speak things that are ill or not of God, God is saying, put your name in that slot, we have a problem. God says, I didn't create you to speak like that. I didn't create you to walk like that. I didn't create you to talk like that. You got to watch what you say. If you're taking notes, here's your first note. You need to go on a tongue fast. You need to go on a tongue fast. I know it's hard, but it's right. You know what you say. You know what you do. And so in order for you to control your tongue, you got to fast the tongue. You got to bring it under control. Just like you crave all of those desserts, I crave them, but I don't eat them. You got to fast. I hear you, Brother Derek. <clears throat> you got to control your thoughts. So when you go on a tongue fast, you're controlling your thoughts. Here's point number two. Your thoughts become your words. Your thoughts become your words. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. I got a question for you today. What are you thinking? Because whatever you're thinking, nine times out of ten, you're saying it too. What are you saying? Are you blessing or are you cursing? Proverbs says the power of life and death is where? In the tongue. That small little muscle that controls everything in your body. You got to fast. You got to control it. And in order for you to control your thoughts, your thoughts become your actions. So if I'm controlling my thought mind, then that's going to lead to my actions. So here's what you do. How do I control my thought minds? There's two ways to control your thought mind. 
is based upon your physical senses, what you see and what you hear. That's how you're going to control your tongue. Your thoughts are going through your eye gates and your ear gates, what you see and what you hear. My question to you this morning and the question to me as well, what are you watching? If God is mic'd up to you and he comes into your basement with your big screen TV and nobody's there but you in the big screen TV, my question to you is, what are you watching? When we benedict from the church and you go back into your car, what is your radio station on? What are you listening to? If you're mic'd up for Christ, what you watch and what you hear are going to reflect that. You got to watch what you say because you're mic'd up for Christ. Um, has anybody ever experienced road rage? Show of hands, anybody experienced road rage? The Highway Safety Commission just did a study and they said that there is an increase in road rage and that it is leading to deaths. People are so angry that they resolve, result to killing somebody over a simple cutting them off in traffic. Now I know it's Sunday morning and I know you got on your Sunday go to church clothes and you're holier than thou, but if somebody cuts you off in traffic, is the first thing that comes to your mind is God bless you? Oh, well, well maybe it's hallelujah. I would go to say that you probably have some I'm just going to keep it real. You probably got some cuss words. And you're cussing them out in your mind. But after today and after this message, I'm going to help you control that time. That you can say, God bless you. Go ahead. You can, you can turn in front of me. God bless you. You have the right of way. That's the spirit of the living God. And that's the message that James is trying to get across to the believers. In verses five through nine, he lists 10 things about the tongue. You ready? He lists 10 things about the tongue. First, he says, it's a little member. Remember I told you, it's the smallest muscle in the body. He says the tongue is a little member. Secondly, he says, it boasts of great things. How many of y'all got a bragging spirit? Look at me, look at me, look what I did. Pan yourself on the back. Got a boasting spirit. And then he says, it's fire. Now, where I come from, we don't, we don't get a whole lot of fires. We get floods. So I had to adjust to the temperature and the climate here because you guys get a lot of fires. 
And so here's an example. You're driving down the road. A person has a cigarette. Everybody knows how small a cigarette is. And you know how much fire comes from a cigarette. And they flip it out of the window. And they keep driving. Well, over a period of time, that cigarette is in dry grass. The wind begins to shift. And before you know it, the little small kindle now is a flame. Now it is fire. And that's what happens with the tongue. It starts out by little, saying little things, and before you know it, the argument progresses, it's heated, and now you're at each other's throat. And God says today, you're going to tame your tongue. The fourth thing that he says about the tongue, he says it's a world of iniquity. That literally means moral wrongness. Moral wrongness or unrighteousness. Remember I told you at the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1 and 26, we're created in the image and the likeness of Christ. And so we are morally good. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he forgives you of all of your sins. That's 1 John 1 and 9. If you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We are the moral people of God, but we have flesh and blood. And so just like we fast the tongue, we have to fast our flesh and blood and bring it under the submission of the spirit. The next thing he says is the, the, the tongue defiles the whole body. The tongue defiles the whole or the entire body. In other words, blessings and curses control your body. And I'm not talking about just speaking optimistic about, you know, being positive. I'm talking about putting the word of God in you. There is a difference between positive thinking and depositing the word of God in you. When you deposit the word of God in you, it is the spirit of God. And so I'm not talking about naming and claiming. No, I'm talking about speaking life into you. As a matter of fact, we are to speak life into each other. The scripture says iron sharpens iron. The next thing he says is that the tongue sets fire the course of nature. The tongue sets fire the course of nature. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. That was a setting, a course of nature. God spoke things into existence. Then you go into John chapter 1, and he says, in the flesh, and the word became flesh. God spoke that into existence. If we are the seed of God, and we're created in his likeness and in his image, then we are to speak life. Just as Christ spoke life, when you're sick, the Bible says sickness and disease is not of God. We plead the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by with his scribes, we are healed. That's the word of God. Then he says it is untamable. The tongue is untamable. We can't control it in the flesh, but we can control it in the spirit. I'm going to give you some practical examples when we close out. Then the tongue is it's unruly evil. 
unruly evil, which means you can't control it. It does and says what it wants to say because it is flesh and blood. Unruly evil is full of deadly poison. Again, death is in the power of the tongue. A snake bites you with his tongue. He has venom, deadly poison. The serpent, deadly poison. We don't speak what he says, we speak what God says. He even went as far as to try to tempt Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 by telling him what his word said. And Jesus is the word, the living word. Last but not least, he used, he used it to bless God and curse man. It's used to bless God and curse man. So how can we have two different things, blessings and curses, coming out of the same tongue? So as believers of Christ, I want to offer you some good news to help bridle or control your tongue. First thing is, as believers in Christ, our, as believers in Christ, we have a new mind. As believers in Christ, we have a new mind. How is that going to help me control my thoughts, my tongue? Remember, because if you were in your old self before you became saved, you didn't have the mind of Christ. You had the mind of yourself, flesh and blood. But if you have the mind of Christ, he says, you're a new creature now. The things you used to do, you. The things you used to say, you. Because you have a new mind in Christ, so now my thoughts become my actions, and I'm thinking and I'm acting like Christ, so I say the things that Christ would say. As a man or a woman thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23 and 7. The key to how I live is what I'm thinking. The key to how I live is what I'm thinking. Your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, and your actions become your habits. Say that again. Your words become your actions, and your actions become your habits. What are you doing on a regular basis? That it becomes habitual. Nobody's asking you or telling you to read your Bible. You want to do it. So what are you thinking today? Are you thinking about what you're going to eat when the benediction is made? You making out your grocery list? That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to distract you from the word. You have to be razor focused to hear what God is saying because God is a spirit. And if you're not in a mindset of the spirit, all of those things that the enemy is trying to say to you, the scripture says you have itching ears. You're listening to the, to the world and not to the word. Next thing that's going to help you control your tongue, you have to disconnect from negative conversations. You have to disconnect from negative conversations. You remember the children of Israel. All they did was murmur, gripe, and complain. And because they murmured, griped, and complained, they didn't make it into the promised land. 
Monday morning uh, at work, we used to have what we call cooler talk. Anybody heard that term before? Everybody kind of huddles around the cooler and you're talking about what you did over the weekend and what's going on in your life. Well, that's gossip. You have to disconnect yourself from negative conversations. The next thing is you have to remove from people that are always complaining. Have you ever been around somebody, everything is, is, is they're always complaining. It's too hot, it's too cold. You got on the wrong color, I don't like that color. I don't like the way you're looking at me. You sitting in my seat. Why we gotta sing that song? Why we gotta go to this restaurant? Why can't we start church at 10 o'clock? I like to sleep in. They just complain about everything. You gotta disconnect yourself from the negativity and connect yourself to positive Christian kingdom building people. And when you do that, you will see the growth that you have spiritually and you will see a change in your life because the people that you used to hang around with, guess what? They see the change. And when they see the change, they don't want to be around you. You're no fun no more. You don't go to the club anymore. You don't drink anymore. That's because I got a new partner. I got a new dance. I got a new song. My mind has changed now. Those things, they don't even attract me anymore. Put your name in the slot. You know, you, you used to go to the club. You, you hung out. You did all of those things. But when you gave your life to Christ, renewed your mind, renewed your heart, you began to become a new, a new creature in Christ. You begin to speak life into your life in others. When you get into the word, God's word allows you to get into his presence. God's word allows you to get into his presence. When you get into his word and you get into his presence, it shifts and changes the atmosphere. Now, I feel you right now. It's cold in the room. The spirit is real low. But God told me to remind you that you are an extension of him. God said, the way I want you to close this out is the way that you started it. Now, the praise team, they started out with high praise. And then we went into worship. Just like the, the, mic, the mic'd up football player that hypes the team up before the game, God said, this is what I want you to do, Sam. I want you to be my holy hype man. I need you to be my holy hype man, and you're going to be mic'd up for me. And he said, once you get hyped up, for me, the Spirit is going to move into place. And where the Spirit is, there is liberty. So let me do it like this. Mic check, one, two, one, two.
Mic check. One, two, one, two. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Y'all ready to go? Mic check, mic check. We fired up for Jesus. So this is what I want you to do. The next time you walk into that cooler room on Monday morning and they gossiping, I want you to walk in there real proud and remember this sermon. Mic check, mic check. Send it to yourself. It's in your mind. Mic check, mic check. What did you do this weekend? We had a great time praising God. The spirit of the Lord was so high. Girl, honey, child, you should have been there. The preacher was off the chain. The praise team, they were singing praises we thought heaven was coming down to earth. The next time you walk into the Bible study, you're not waiting for the praise team. You walk into Bible study for the Lord I live. For the Lord I die. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will, you will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. The Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye saints, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Enter to his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now I want you to get mic'd up. I gave you my mic'd up example. Now it's time for you to get mic'd up. You the holy hype man and woman. I want you to be hyped up for God. You begin to praise God in your own way. You begin to praise God in your own way. Hallelujah to his name. Bless his holy name. Shift the atmosphere. Somebody in here today needs to hear the praises of God. They came here with suicidal thoughts. And because you began to praise God, you shifted their mind. You shifted the way that they were thinking. Instead of them thinking about committing suicide, they gave their life instead of taking their life. I said they gave their life Instead of taking their life, they surrendered unto God. God wants a church that's going to surrender to Him. God wants a church that's going to praise His name. God wants a church that's giving their all to Him. For God you live, for God you die. He's looking for a few saints that are going to the highways and going to the byways and testify that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is alive. He got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. He died one time, he ain't gonna ever die again. He's got all power, not some power, all power. So much so that he can heal you right now. He can save your soul right now. He can make you whole right now. You got to get mic'd up for Christ. Change your mindset.
let the world know that you are a child of the living God. You are in the king's court. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. Ain't nobody like you. Because you're peculiar. When they look at you, they see Christ. When they look at you, they see what you're supposed to look like. And until he returns again, we will walk in the light. We will hold up the blood-stained batter. He washed you from all of your sins, and he's going to make you whole again. Brothers and sisters, this week, I want you to go into your workplaces, go into your houses, let the world know that you mic'd up for Christ. Your message is to tell a dying world about a living Savior. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.